Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Way of Consciousness Radio Network programming to help you explore and rediscover and remember your inner divinity. This is a production of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua. The Order of the Friends of Yeshua community was created to offer support to those who continually seek to embody the Christ message of love, forgiveness, compassion, oneness, and peace. OFJ is not interested in creating yet another worldly structure which could by its very nature set itself apart and seeks not to focus on the personhood of Yeshua Jesus but to share in the divine realization that he came to share with us which is that we are all created in the image and likeness of God and that the kingdom of God is within. OFJ Community is an all-inclusive community of spiritual seekers. We offer dialogue and studies for deep inner spiritual development in seminary courses for ordained ministry. If you feel called to be a part of OFJ Community or to receive our monthly newsletter, please send an email to ofjcommunity at gmail.com. We'll be happy to send you information about membership in the various programs we offer. In these times of great change, OFJ Community's mission is to offer spiritual support, friendship, and direction to all. Now, to our program. This is the Way of Consciousness. Well, good afternoon, and welcome to the Way of Consciousness. We were having a, I was having a little bit of technical difficulty for a few minutes, but I've made it into the show. I'm glad to be here. And before I introduce my esteemed co-hosts, I'd like to announce that our spiritual community, the Order of the Friends of Yeshua, will be offering Skype seminars beginning in September. Uh, among other topics, some will include mastery consciousness, awakening to the divinity within, understanding the message of Christ through the Eastern Aramaic language, and many other discussion groups and uh, tools to deepen our interconnection with the presence of the divine within. So for detailed information about these and many other classes that will begin in September, please send an email again, as was said in the announcement, uh, to ofjcommunity at gmail.com. And uh, please tell us of your interests and preferred times. We will probably be holding uh, uh, many evening uh, workshops on Skype and discussion groups. I'm uh, Reverend Dr. Linda Marie Nelson, a member of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua, and I would like to welcome my esteemed co-hosts and dear friends, uh, Bishop Lee Allen Peterson. Welcome this evening to the Way of Consciousness. Hi, Linda Marie. It's really great to be here tonight, or this afternoon. As the case may be. <laughs> I know, depending on where you live. <laughs> right. And also, uh, I'd like to welcome onto the show our wonderful executive producer and and wonderful teacher, Father Brian Michael Rice. Good evening, Father Brian. Hi, Reverend Dr. Linda Marie and Bishop Lee. How are you both? I hope you're doing well. We're doing well, and happy to That's be great. here. I, absolutely. Great. I I had technical difficulties myself, uh, so I'm I'm just thankful to be here at all. <laughs> well, my friend reminded me today that Mercury is retrograde, whatever that means, to do with uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's apparently a big deal in the world of astrology. So uh, she said to expect all kinds of uh, technology glitches and phone glitches, and so it wow. Be in my case. <laughs> Because I was yeah, this, today. This has been going on for an hour for me, so uh, and she must be right. <laughs> she must be. I mean, there, there must be something to that ancient wisdom. What do you think about that, Bishop Lee? Well, I, I know that when Mercury is in retrograde, you should be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that about everything. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty much into quietness. You know, I I do want to say that 
we came the closest to rain today oh. that we have in months. But I think I jinxed it. Oh, no. What did I, you see? What did you I posted see? on Facebook. I said, everybody in Texas, go wash their car, truck or SUV, <laughs> or all three, because the rain needs all the help it can get. And now I'm looking at a bright, beautiful, sunny day. <laughs> Oh, heaven. Only in Texas are we going to complain about having bright, beautiful, sunny days. <laughs> well, when you've gone through so many years of drought, I mean, it's just been really challenging for, for the folks all just pretty much anywhere in Texas, I think. Yep. And and our brothers to the north of us, Oklahoma, is having the same problem. Hmm. So I I don't know how widespread it is. I don't know what's happening in Louisiana, but I do know that Texas and Oklahoma are just really powder kegs right now. Wow. Well, we've got to do that old ancient uh, Native, uh, you know, prayer. I remember reading about it in one of Greg Braden's books about how he went to pray with this Native American shaman in northern parts of New Mexico, and they walked and they walked and they walked and. They finally got to the place, and there was a medicine wheel in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, Greg said he was standing there, and the, and, the, and his friend, the shaman, said, I'll be right back. And he kind of went off into the center of this medicine wheel, and he was just kind of walking around, and Greg couldn't hear him saying anything, and he was just kind of patiently waiting. And finally, after a little while, the, the shaman came back and said, okay, we can leave now. And Greg was just like, what? I <laughs> thought we were going to pray. And he goes, he said, uh, you know, pray for rain. He goes, no, you, you don't pray for rain because that keeps you in the state of needing rain. He said, no, I went out there and imagined myself with the mud squishing in between my toes and being just drenched with water and being so grateful for the rain. And so that's their belief in, in how to how to pray, and apparently it rained the day or two later. Well, I've been doing wow. that. I've been going outside and... and and pretending that I was drenched in rain. And it uh, got close today, so... Well, hopefully it'll be there later or tomorrow. We'll just have to envision that. That's right. Well, this evening we're going to continue our discussion. We've been talking about the way of the heart, and we're talking about... Um, we talked a lot about forgiveness uh, from the perspective of the consciousness of the Christ wisdom. And um, we're going to continue that discussion uh, and talk about um, projection and awakening today. So, Bishop Lee, would you like to um, kind of start us off, do you think? Sure. Thank you very much, Linda Marie. I, I want to start off by reminding everyone about our two axioms that we are practicing right now. And uh, they are briefly uh, nothing. Uh, I create every experience that I experience. Nothing outside of me creates any experience. I am a creator. And the other one is I need to do nothing. And these two axioms are going to come uh, more and more into play as we uh, continue in this in this discussion. And today we were talking about uh, the veil of projection, and and what does what is a projection, and 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 why do we do them? And first of all, I want to say that projection is a denial of the first axiom. Projection <laughs> says that there is something uh, outside of me that creates something. And and that is the projection that you've thrown onto something. The first axiom being that the only thing I experience is that which I create. I create all of my experiences. So then projection, uh, and I'll read from the text here, projection occurs when there has first been a denial within yourself. Projection is an act in which you physically try to throw out your ownership 
everything that you have judged as being despicable are unworthy of you, something you do not want. So if there's something in your life that you really don't want, uh, a person's going to come along and they're going to do something similar. And as soon as they do that, you're going to throw that projection on them. As soon as they do something that your mind can say, oh, yeah, that, that's it. So I'm going to project it on them. I'm going to make a judgment about them. A judgment is a projection. And so then you will throw it up and let it land on whomever happens to be nearby. Projection is the effect of the denial of the first axiom that I have given you. It is a denial of the truth that nothing you experience has been caused by anything outside of you. Have you ever been in a situation where you are going to make me mad if you continue doing that? Oh, yeah. That's a projection. That's a projection. You see? Exactly. Because what they are doing is, and what they're really doing is reminding you of something you need to clear up in yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's so kind of like the, that old mirror thing you hear people say all the time. Absolutely. Everyone is a mirror of everyone else. And you know, if we really think about this idea, uh, what this book is suggesting. It's really our continuous thoughts. I mean, you know, if we see someone that we've we, we've decided has offended us in some way, let's just say, every time we see that person or even when we don't see that person or a similar event occurs, we think of that person. And what are we doing? We're stuck in those thoughts over and over and over, and we become angry and frustrated, and we project all of that upon that person instead of, realizing that we made the choice, we made the conscious or sometimes unconscious choice to be angry in the first place. It kind of reminds me of the previous wisdom we read last week about forgiveness, and I love the Christ wisdom about forgiveness. Forgiveness is really knowing that no one has done any, hasn't really, really hasn't done anything to injure me in the first place unless I decide and choose to believe that. Right, you have to choose to be a victim in this world, and and that is, and, and unfortunately that that's, you know, you, people don't consciously get up and go, oh boy, this morning I'm going to be victimized by everything I see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's not that kind of a conscious statement. But what, where it comes from, <laughs> excuse me, where it comes from. It is a deep-seated feeling that I've done something wrong, I am guilty, I am unworthy, I am something other than a perfect child of God. That's where all of this comes from. So you don't get up in the morning and go, well, today I'm going to be victimized by everything and everyone. No. But when you get up and, and, and you go out into the world, if you're carrying this, well, I am guilty because uh, I didn't put an extra dollar in the for, in, in, in the uh, communion in, in, in the uh, uh, alms basket this week. So I'm a bad person. So what, what's going to happen? You're going to go out there and you're going to get all kinds of proofs that you're a bad person. Why? Because that's what you just told the universe you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm a bad person. Okay. The universe must respond with yes and amen. <laughs> that's you know, that's really response. difficult, though, for folks to understand. It's really kind of a, it's a very challenging concept. It is. It's one that takes a lot of uh, releasing, of looking very honestly at yourself to see what needs to be released. But one of the helps in that is is to realize that there is no judgment. There is no judgment for the things that you have decided that you have done wrong, right? There's no judgment mm -hmm. because the first the first axiom right of forgiveness is you've done nothing wrong. And, and if you think about it. <clears throat> To the extent that God is omniscient, 
then there is nothing that you could possibly have done that he doesn't know about. Not only that, God has foreknowledge, we say. So God knew you were going to do it before you did it. So, the, you know, there is nothing, there's nothing you can do. The person you're forgiving when you're asking for is either the person, the person that you harmed, and most of the time you have harmed yourself more than you have anybody else. So anyway, projections are those things that you do not like about yourself that you throw on to other people. And and they're they're totally unjustified. But the reason we do that is so we can say, Oh, it's the blame game. There is the reason I'm having a bad day. This person is the reason I'm having a bad day. The truth is the reason you're having a bad day is that you have decided that you deserve to have a bad day. <laughs> And we don't even realize we're doing it sometimes, do we? No, absolutely not. No, it's an unconscious. It is unconscious. It's it's, it's uh, and that's why he goes on in the text. In the ne- next line, he'll tell you, "You have mastered this extremely well." <laughs> so pat yourself on the back. We have mastered some things extremely well. Unfortunately, we need to unmaster them. <laughs> exactly. But that's true. We do it spontaneously. We, we and and it's because that's the way the world teaches us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 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 we grow up, and and what do our parents tell us? You continue to do this, and you're going to make me mad, and you're going to receive punishment. Oh, okay. You know, I'm so we go on. Our, I'm making him mad by doing this. No, he's getting mad because he wants to get mad. You know, you can and you know this in your own life. You can see somebody doing something, and you think, oh, that's funny. And then you can turn around the next day and see them do the exact same thing, and it's going to make you mad. Mm-hmm. Or you can do something, and one day you think it's funny, the next day it makes you mad. All that is is projections that you're projecting on what they're doing. And it can be something as simple as going and getting a glass of water. Have you ever had a bad enough day when it doesn't matter what the other person does? They are just wrong. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> right? You know, you got out of the bed wrong. What do you mean I got out of the bed wrong? I got out of the bed. <laughs> but that, and that is because there is something within us that we need to address. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very simple. It, it, actually, it's the grace of God showing us what we need to work on and correct in our own life. And fortunately, we have all the tools that we need that you know that you can use, and we're making those tools available to you uh, through studies like the Way of Mastery and through our courses. Uh, We'll be doing a course. I'll be doing a course on on uh, what is enlightenment and debunking enlightenment. And one of the things we we go through are some exercises to prove to you and to show you how to handle the belief that you are your body and you are your mind. You see, we let our thoughts, our projections, control our lives. Spontaneously, we do this. So we must take direct action and detach from those thoughts. Now you're not going to don't think you'll ever stop the thoughts from coming. No, the thoughts are going to come, but it's your reaction to the thoughts that creates the disharmony. It's not the thought. The thought is neutral. It's your reaction to the thought, and that is based on your projections. Mm -hmm. So let's just go a little further. He talks about the legal system being um, uh, one of our great excuses <laughs> to justify uh, punishing people. 
and 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 what it's really telling us in a macrocosmic way is that other people are responsible for our problems and and really they're not and he goes and he says just imagine a society where the prevalent legal view is simply that your brother or your sister is an aspect of yourself and if you would help yourself you must help them now that that comes from the old teaching do unto others as you have it done unto you <laughs> and exactly. in this world yeah in this world we've turned it around and we have decided do unto others before they do it unto you <laughs> and so uh what would happen if we decided that we all were one and that the person who committed this horrible crime was truly an extension of you and needed help how what would you do what would you do with that person how would it be different how would the world be if we looked at everybody as being extensions of ourselves regardless of what they did and then decided our goal is to help them because they're us and we need help exactly <laughs> So, um, so the projections that that we make are 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 judgments on other people, and we do them spontaneously simply because uh, it's the way we've been trained. The key to breaking the projection, of course, is forgiveness, and forgiveness is, as Linda Marie stated, realizing that nothing has been done to be forgiven. So that's how we're going to deal with that. So projection is an act of trying to get rid of what you don't want to own within. It is the effect of the denial of truth. Projection colors your brother or sister with the very energies that you would judge within yourself. So how can you begin to break the pattern of projection? How can you allow the bridge of forgiveness to be built? It is actually quite simple, but it will require your commitment. Mm -hmm. You want to? Do you have the text? Yeah. On on page twenty nine. Before we before we before we continue, um, Father Brian, I'd like to have your perspective on some of this. Well, you know, seeing as how I've been always interested in human behavior and cognition and you know, thinking and as well as how our thoughts, our thought life affects our behaviors. You know, some people more than others in more extreme cases than others do, I I believe, you know, at least in my experience of what I've observed and what in case studies that I've, I've, I've read that, you know, there is this, I mean, you hear about the same type of phenomenon happening in, in therapeutic situations where there's a transference going on from patient to patient to therapist or therapist to patient, it's an unconscious mm-hmm. thing. And the whole the whole idea of projection, it's funny that it's called. I mean, they call it transference in therapeutic situations, but um, it's hard to really. I, I I really believe that everyone, even the most honest person, is it's very hard for us not to hurl out some of the things that we don't like about ourselves or hurl out the things that we want to, we don't want to have or take ownership of, of the thoughts or the very things or attributes about ourselves that sometimes disturb our peace. And, you know, if we just really always were able to go back to the question of, am I at peace? Am I calm? Am I at rest? Um, can I be the space for this? If, if all those questions, if we can answer yes, then, we're doing good, but if not, then there must be something peculiar going on, and chances are it's a projection. It's, something's got, you're seeing something out there on this, either the screen of the world, if you're not seeing Christ or the God self in every other person that you meet, then it's that whole guilt denial system. You're trying to get rid of what you don't want. Guilt makes people neurotic, I think. So that's why here, I mean, even though it's not the central theme, but releasing those things and releasing those feelings and and coming to understand how we project, how projection works, and then taking it back, uh, 
that's one of the most loving things you could do for a person because you're 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 relinquishing the judgment you've placed upon them and yourself at the same time. You know, I, I really agree with you. You said something really powerful f- as far as I'm concerned. It's our failure to see the, the Christ or the divinity or the God presence within the other person. And I, I think about the Christ journey and how he could stand there in front of his accusers, uh, Pilate and the others, and absolutely say nothing. He didn't come back and defend himself or throw anger with anger or, you know, he just allowed it because he knew... First of all, the truth of who he was, which was, you know, God God was the presence within him uh, managing all of this. And he also recognized that the people who were accusing him had the same presence within them, no less, no more, equal, except they just were unconscious about it. And you that's why that I think... Side of it. Yes, we, exactly. We don't. We're not taught that. We're, turned, we're taught to competitive to be greater than stronger than smarter than and it doesn't matter how we get successful sometimes at the expense of others and that's a failure to recognize that the same divinity that is within me is within all people can i see that can i know that you know the the actual culmination of the whole course in miracles is to be able to see the, mer- the ultimate miracle is to be able to see Christ in every single creature, in every single, in everywhere. And that's the final vision. I mean, that's the big secret. <laughs> that's the secret to happiness and that's exactly. the secret to success, success if you want to use success in a spiritual context, which sounds like an oxymoron, but Christ's vision, having that vision, I think that's right. what I wanted to contribute. We, Absolutely. Father Brian, um and Bishop Lee, we have a caller on the line who has indicated that they might like to make a comment or ask a question, so I'm going to bring them on the show. I'm going to welcome you, caller, from the 804 area, cro- area code, 804. Thank you for uh, joining us on the Way of Consciousness. May I ask who's calling? Yes, my name is uh, Hugh. I'm calling from Virginia, and it's absolutely fascinating conversation, and I I'm actually standing on my own truth and have had a lot of bizarre experiences throughout my life. And the bottom line in everything that we're all here to learn is unconditional love. And Absolutely. I was, I was blessed with an earth angel wife for 35 and a half years who taught me that lesson. And I wouldn't even be speaking with you if she hadn't. And a month and a half after she died, I almost died. And since that occasion, I have been disabled. But it has given me time to look back over my life and the choices I've made. And it's absolutely astounding to me. And I would love to share a blog with you, if I may. And on this blog is a, a little poem I created as a motivation in my life many years ago. And I have a self-taught expertise of creative utilization of information, and I consider myself an unlimited well of creativity as well as a creative intelligent force, but we all have those abilities, and that's what exactly. I'm Exactly. Hugh, I remember you calling in uh, previously to the show, so so thank you for being uh, a, a listener. We we really appreciate your support, your support in listening and supporting our message. May I ask what the blog site is? What is the name of the yes, blog, if Hugh? You, if you Google the word creativity, the number 777.com, uh, that will bring it up. And I have aligned myself with a woman who is teaching a course in miracles. She's down in Florida. I don't know if you're familiar with her, uh, Ananda of Love. Uh, and uh, I believe has... Father Michael is, is familiar with Ananda. Are you not, uh, Father Michael? Hello? Yeah, hey, Father a... Brian? I'm sorry, Father Brian. I don't know why I thought Father Michael was on. I'm sorry. Well, Father we, Brian, we are, are you, you were Michael just talking about her the actually. other day, were you not? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I don't recognize the name. I apologize. I don't. Yeah, oh, okay. she has I, a, a blog talk show on Sunday evenings at uh, oh. 10 p.m. Uh, 
And she has a very interesting uh, guest on uh, this Sunday who's uh, all about uh, consciousness and was out to see Abraham Hicks and everything. Uh, you'll, you'll see it on the uh, Course in Miracles forum on Facebook. I think she's got it up already. Uh, Tom Mircasso or something like that in North Carolina. And uh, it's, it should be quite fascinating. But also I just wanted to interject. I don't know if you're familiar with this gentleman. He's got two fascinating movies that he just developed with his own money. They're free on the Internet. One is called Beyond Me. I believe the website is beyondmefilm.com. And the other one is Beyond Belief. And uh, they're both very interesting. And Beyond Belief really discusses something that's quite fascinating if it's true that Jesus actually lived to be 150 years old and lived in India after the crucifixion. Well, you know, we know there's a lot of specula speculation about that, but, uh, you know, Lee, we, uh, uh, Hugh, we really appreciate your calling in this evening, and we will check out your blog, uh, creativity777.com, and uh, now we'd like to go ahead and move along with the conversation um, about uh, projection and uh, uh, creation. So, Lee, would you like to continue uh, with sure, our conversation? Sure, thank you very much, Hugh. Thank you very much, Hugh. Uh, let, let's go back to the text uh, where it says, I have said to you many times that the world you see is nothing more than the effect of the thoughts that you have, hold within your, that you have held within your mind. Therefore, awakening requires the act of vigilance and discipline. So we have to become aware of what we're doing and in that we find an expansion of consciousness and it's led it's given to us by the fact that we must be vigilant discipline the discipline to cultivate a way of living in which you observe your own thoughts in which you listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth in which you observe the feelings that are evoked within your body that reactivity that seems to own you and to see these things as innocent and simply self-caused. So what that is saying is that we need to wake up. <laughs> this is this is a call. This is your call to wake up. And by waking up, we mean we must have vigilance. And what do we have to have vigilance about? Ourselves. We need to have vigilance over our thoughts. We need to have vigilance over our words and, of course, our actions. And then we have to have the discipline to be able to maintain the vigilance, first of all, and then to realize that, when we, that we are not controlled by our thoughts and that our reactivity to our thoughts is we cause that we are the masters of our reactions you know we'll get a thought and then we'll have you know an, uh, in tech we call it a knee jerk reaction you have a knee jerk reaction to something and and it's it's almost like a spontaneous thing and then you go oops i i, I did that <laughs> exactly and, you know this this reminds me of uh, the way that Eckhart Tolle explains this in the in uh, A New Earth. He, he's really explaining this very, very thing about our <laughs> thoughts, about our ego being our thought body, about the pain body and how our thoughts, persistent thoughts, trigger the emotional reaction so that we stay in this emotional state because of our thoughts. And, and when we change our thoughts, it's like Dr., you know, uh, Wayne Dwyer says we want to change our thoughts. You know, when you change the way you think about things, the things you think about change. And um, it's really our thoughts, and we don't realize it. So many people just don't realize it's their persistent thoughts that get them into this physical, emotional state of being that is unpleasant. Right. We are trapped under... Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to interject and say, 
I, uh, if, if people are interested, I, I'm I'm exploring that idea and taking it to another another level with the program that's currently in production, um, silencing a thousand barking dogs. That's kind of been the theme for me. Eckhart Tolle was an influence as well as some of this material and Course in Miracles and other thought mind control types of things or awareness techniques. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the first uh, five sessions are out there on LearnOutLoud.com right now, but. Um, uh, it's going to be quite a quite an extensive program, but uh, I I just wanted to get get a little bit of an ad and advertisement. Good, there. but I know um, I know that work you're doing, and it's good work. Well, I just wanted to indicate that that you know we are we do explore this idea a little bit more in depth and um, than we can on this show, and so I mean if people are so interested, then you know inclined, and then they may they maybe they can check it out. But but yeah, I yeah that's. Eckertoli is a master at describing this very situation, this very, this very thing. Yeah, and we get, and we're so conditioned to this over our whole lives from the time we're little that this becomes, like you were saying earlier, Bishop Lee, an unconscious knee-jerk reaction, and we're just kind of like the gerbil, you know, that's running around the wheel and not getting anywhere. Right, and that, that's because we're confused as to our true identity. You see? Right. We. We exactly. confuse ourselves with our minds, and we think we are our minds. We are not our minds. We are the Christ dwelling within, you see. That's who we truly are, the divinity that is within us. We are the witness. We are that which observes the mind. We are not right. the mind itself. And 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 once you establish that let's call it the witnessing um, perspective with innocence and that's a key you you have to step back detach from your thoughts look at your thoughts and going wow that's a very interesting thought I have going through my mind right now uh, and, and at some point you it sounds almost like becoming a little schizophrenic <laughs> because what you want to do is, is, is really have a separate identity from your mind and realize mm-hmm. that you are not your mind, and, you, and you're going, well, that's a, the mind is having a terrible thought, or the mind is having a very interesting thought, or the mind is having this, and then just regardless of what you may have thought about it, perceive it as being innocent. You are innocent sitting back here looking at that, and, and, and you can say, oh, how funny, you know, that this desire would rise up in me, that this thought would rise up in me. Because a lot of our thoughts, some of our thoughts are self-generated, but because we're all connected in 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 being, uh, some of your thoughts are not necessarily your thoughts. And they you know, I'm glad you brought that up because quantum physics and quantum mechanics and the work of uh, Bruce Lipton on cellular biology um, and spontaneous evolution has proven that. I mean, we have cellular memory that is not only uh, from our own experience of life so far that gets recorded in the memory of every cell, and there's over, what, 50 trillion cells in our body, but it also comes from the inheritance of the DNA and the cells that we are given from both our parents, you know, the father and mother side of the family. So just think about the implications of that. Oftentimes, and well, it's happened and, to me, I'm thinking, why am I doing that? Why am I thinking that? I have no idea. And, and combine that with the fact that we are receptive antennas for everything that goes on within this world. Exactly. Pretty pretty it complex. Is, yeah, it's all consciousness. And and, and your, your, your mind is like a radio station. It's going to be tuned to a frequency. And and you have control over, just like you have control over the radio station, you have control over the frequency that you're going to vibrate at in your mind. And depending on whatever vibration you, that you send out is is the, the radio channel that you're going to connect with. So if you're having a bummer day, right, and you, <laughs> that's where your vibrations are going to be and that's what you're going to be attracted to. And those thoughts can come from within you. They can be self-generated. Uh, or they can be generated from any number of things around you. That's a great. Everything that's a great that's analogy. That's so that was a the, great I, description of that. 
the idea is you step back. You step back and you simply look at your thoughts. Meditation is a great uh, tool to begin this, you see. Uh, At first you'll be doing it in your meditation period, you know, but then your meditation period is simply practice for the rest of the day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can continue to to uh, look at the thoughts, every thought that you're doing. Hmm. You know, so then you I all... think. Sorry, Bishop Lee. Go, go ahead, ahead Lee. Uh, go ahead, Brian. I was going to say is about the the radio the radio image the radio dial. I think there's at times we need to be aware of the, the fact that we can redirect thinking. And, I mean, we can actually stop on a dime and not manipulate thought, but at least allow a different stream to flow through us because, and that means, you know, maybe changing the dial or the frequency or just a little bit. I, I mean, there's things that we can do to recalibrate. And I, I just, I think it's necessary to know that we have tools available to us if we need to, if we, especially if we, we get in a stream of consciousness or a stream of thought that is is something that is causing a lot of, well, then again, being the witness kind of is a solvent, solvent for that. But I mean, there are times we we got to realize that we can redirect thought, and and uh, especially exactly. um, on on a collective level too. But anyway, that's right. Thank you. And we get to that in just a few minutes. Some of that. Just, I'm always <laughs> doing that. I'm always jumping ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> so the next thing we want to talk about is uh, things that are reflected to you by the world that cause you to become angry or causes you to become in judgment. So what you want to do is stop right where you are and look, not with judgment of your judgment, but with innocence and honesty. Oh, I see that I'm judging someone. That is an interesting cloud passing through the sky of my awareness. That's your mind. (laughs) I wonder if I might be able to make another choice. So you just look at it. You go, wow, there it is. That's that's the booger I don't want in my head anymore. And, you, and, and you're going, wow, okay, that's a very interesting thing. And see it as a cloud passing through your mind. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I might be able to make another choice. Now, the mind will tell you, But this person just broke into my house and stole my stereo. Of course I have the right to be in judgment. I have the right to feel angry. And then Christ speaks to us and he says, But I say unto you, anger is never justified. It does not mean you will not experience it. But stop fooling yourself into believing that there is some validity to it. This is an extremely hard lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah, that's putting that one mildly. <laughs> when someone has just broken into your home and taken your stereo equipment or some other idol that you love, what if you understood that you had the power in the moment to remember that all events are neutral? They merely provide you with a chance to choose love. Now that takes that takes some doing. And but there's no reason for that to let you stop and not try to make the effort. You know, we learn in gentle art of blessing that we're supposed to bless everything. Christ mm-hmm. tells us bless those that curse you and persecute you. So when a person comes in and steals something from you, what have they done? They have violated you, they have persecuted you, and they have, in a way, driven a nail into your hand. But our our model in this is Jesus. And what did Jesus say? Bless them, for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can look at that person that is just stolen from you and realize that... Um, it was just a material object. You can realize that that person did that out of ignorance. 
and you're going to you know you're going to have to realize that no harm has really come to you because of your loss of that material possession and if you really think about it you haven't been harmed your enjoyment of that stereo has been taken away but the truth of who you are has not been harmed mm-hmm. you see it can and never be harmed Yes, yes, that's true. It can never be harmed. <laughs> the truth of who we are can never be harmed, but we don't realize that's, that we are we are so connected to our stuff. Right, that we are trying to because we think, and and the reason we're connected to our stuff is because we think that's who we are. True, that's we, exactly we've it. We've inv- we've invested our identity into that I am a person who owns a stereo, therefore I am cool. I have the coolest stereo, therefore I'm cool. So if somebody takes your stereo away, what have they done? They've stolen your coolness. You are not cool because of that stereo. You are cool (laughs) because you're the Christ incarnate. (laughs) Well, you know, it sounds funny, but it's actually how it works. It's true. I know. That's exactly how it works. And but that does not and I'm gonna tell you, that does not stop you. You can practice that does not stop you from the momentary feeling of anger when when that occurs. And and that's what Saint Paul was ta- I'm convinced that's what Saint Paul was talking about when he says, I am per I, I am perpetually uh haunted by this thorn in my side. And that's the thorn in his side. It's called being human. <laughs> exactly. You you are still in the body and you are still going to have human reactions, okay? The deal is is that you can stop that reaction and return to peace and joy. And and the way you do that is as this is suggesting to look at it with innocence to understand what's truly happened and that you had truly not been harmed. So what if you literally chose the insane way, according to the world, of looking upon that one who has just done the act as a brother or sister who is crying out for help and healing? Because that's truly what they're doing. Yeah. They're going, I'm going to take this because what I'm really hoping for is that you'll come and help explain to me who I truly am. That That's really what they're doing. And and uh, and with this knowledge and the practice and the grace of God, you can do that. What if you choose to look upon them as one who do, does not know how to live in this world without being of the world, who mm-hmm. does not know the way of self-forgiveness, who does not know the truth of the light that lives within them, and who does not recognize their great power to create whatever it is they want in a way that is not hurtful to anyone. What if you choose to look upon them with compassion rather than reactivity? And that's what we're talking about. Developing that compassion. Compassion that comes from realizing that we are love and form Everyone is, and that we should look on people that don't know that and can't practice that in their lives with compassion. Because if we look upon that with compassion, if, as Father Brian was talking about, we are able to see the Christ in them, just that very seeing of the Christ in them can draw it out into their outer consciousness. You know, that that's another thing. We know who we are within, okay? But we need to make that transference of who we are within to who we are on the outside. You see? Mm-hmm. Where the impersonal Christ becomes the personal Christ. And and so when that happens, we, we learn in, in, in the Gospel of St. Thomas, when the inside becomes like the outside and the outside becomes like the inside, then are we whole. 
Okay? So, and that is why in, in Christianity, uh, you, you have two aspects. You have esoteric, inner Christianity, impersonal Christianity. And you have exoteric Christianity. We're only familiar, most people, with the exoteric mm -hmm. version of Christianity, which is Jesus Christ, the person. Now, it's not that Jesus Christ, the person, is not important. He is equally as important as what made him Christ, you see, because we, at least for us now, inform. So we, ha we have a, a dual method of attack here. We have the attack from the inside, and we have the attack from the outside. Uh, two examples of how we can solve these problems uh, of living as if we are separate from God in the world. Okay? Mm-hmm. So then we go further. It begins in simple ways. To set the stage, I want you to remember that the time has been given to you that you might use it constructively. That means when you awaken in the morning, realize that you are in school. And that's an important, very important thing for us to remember when we're taking this course. You're in school every minute of your life right now. From this moment forward, uh, you're in school. Everything that comes to you, look at it as, well, what am I going to learn from this experience? A lot of the experiences that you're going to be having, that you're, you're going to be creating for yourself, are created by God through you to have to learn the lesson that you're supposed to learn. And I, I think a lot of times we forget that. St. Paul tells us, it's no longer I that live, but it is Christ that lives within me. What is God's will for you? God's will for you is your highest and best. But do you know what your highest and best is? And a lot of times you don't. You have to be shown what is the highest course for you. And so a lot of your experiences... <clears throat> excuse me, come from that. It comes from within you, but the you that you're, is not your egotistical you. It, it is the Christ within you. Absolutely. Any responses? Well, I think that's when we begin to get it, when we, re when we can love ourselves enough to realize when it's our ego or our thoughts reacting and not who God has created us to be and be kind to ourselves and, and learn, uh, just to learn from the situation that this is just a, a neutral situation, even though we think it's not, for us to awaken more to the, to the enormity of who we are as divine creations, extensions of, of that inner divinity. That's right. So we can wake up and we can look and we can say, what is this moment teaching me? Right. And that's the way we have to start looking at it. That choice to uh, be compassionate instead of reacting, that is for those who are, who are where they're at in their spiritual journeys, maybe the Course of Miracles speaking to them, refers to, I've heard the Hoagie Instant described as the moment where it all counts, whether you're going to choose to choose to allow the miracle to happen through you, to see it in a different way, to see what's happening in a different way, or not to. Are you? It's like, are you going to do it? Are you going to step up to the plate, or are are you are you going to not? It, the ball's in your court right at that point. That's the point of decision. That's the 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 springboard into either love or uh, attack, uh, perceiving attack on you, or or attacking somebody else. I think. It's, it's all in that moment. It's it's in a, in a split second we make those decisions, and it's, it's fascinating that we're capable of of such immense good good, but our you know but sometimes again that ego it gets it just gets it gets in the way, and it's tricky. It's a tricky thing, and we just gotta all know that we're not alone in the process. And when we when we come together as one then we, we learn to, to perceive in, in new ways and see in new ways. And we, then we choose rightly. We, if you want to call it a miracle, then it's a miracle. Then it's a corrected misperception. But to, to love and be aware of love everywhere and every second, every second, that's hard to do. I heard, you know, it's been said, you can't stay in it. Just like St. Paul says, it's, 
you can't stay in the state of grace forever. Even though I mean, even though there's great yogis and uh, aesthetics and and wonderful monastics out there who who do spend a great deal of time in meditation, it's really hard. You do you almost do like the the disciples in the transfiguration experience that they witnessed, you have to come off that mountaintop and go back down into the world and, and you've gotta you got you've gotta to mix and mingle again with 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 the with creation. It's uh you know, I mean you can't it's hard. We do fall the just man falls seven times a day. And as long as we recognize that we can change what happens at least most of the time I think we are being the presence of love. I, I know that's a lot to say, like to digest, but that's the way it affects me, what's being said here. Well, and I think the gift is that when we change our perspective about why we're here, and like Lee was saying earlier about that means awakening each day to the fact that we're here to realize who we are every day kind of observing ourselves, to be the observed and the observer. And it takes all the pressure off. There's no condemnation in this. But it's in that moment of recognition, like Eckhart Tolle says, the moment you realize, oops, yeah, that was my thoughts, that was my pain body, or that was my ego, okay, you know, that's what enlightenment is. I think it comes in glimpses and bits of light here and there, and it's the cumulative effect. And then, you know, when we have that moment of epiphany, we think, oh, okay, all right, well, okay, she's going to do better tomorrow, you know, or the next time. And, and um, I can remember teaching Eckhart Tolle's book for a year to a group, once a week for a year, solid. And... um I think I've gone through the book about seven times, and, you know, still I catch myself, but thankfully I catch myself sooner. And um, a good example of what this is saying is, and it makes the crooked way straight, too. I mean, we're going to talk about that later, but the moment you realize that you're 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 projecting, you know, I remember getting trying to leave a shopping center, and I uh, I came to a line of cars, and I looked it up, and I realized the traffic light wasn't working. And immediately my response was, oh, no, now we're never going to get out of here because the traffic light's not working and nobody's going to stop. And, I, and as soon as I started to do that, I thought, oh, my God, wait a minute, what am I doing? Wait a minute, uh, holy moly, why am I thinking that? Oh, my goodness. And I just started to send it love. I thought, okay, the consciousness of the Creator is in everyone. And I promise you, as sure as I'm here right at this moment, everyone stopped going north and south, let the people going east and west go, and pretty soon the east and west, one car at a time in both directions. And all of a sudden, this whole kind... uh, uh, example of courtesy and love started to happen and there might have been one person that tried to sneak through with another but 99 percent of the people all stopped and gave the others the right away and in turn uh and it was beautiful it was beautiful now did it happen because i shifted my consciousness i'd surely like to think it did but it did in so far as it helped me to realize who I really am and I'm not my thoughts and I'm not my reactions. And this takes a great deal of practice. So I, the one thing I want us to share with our listeners is that to be kind and gentle because this doesn't happen overnight. This is a journey. This is the path. This is what it's all about, to be able to do that as much as possible upon awakening each day. And then at night, just be grateful for whatever little glimpses you've gotten. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Well, it's. I have a little prayer that I want to end on. <laughs> Are Great. we here? Absolutely. Okay, okay so... Uh, Why don't we just take a deep breath, and as we exhale, just let all the uh, tensions come out of you. 
and just sort of visualize these words as we pray them. Father, Mother, Life, I thank you that you are my life, my constant support, my health, my protection, my perfect fulfillment of every need, and my highest inspiration. I ask you to reveal the true reality of yourself to me. I know it is your will that I shall be fully illumined, that I may better receive awareness of your presence within and around me. I believe and I know that this is possible. I believe that you protect and maintain me within perfect love. I know that my purpose is to express you. As I speak to you, I know that you are perfectly receptive of me, for you are universal loving intelligence, which has so marvelously designed and brought this world into visible form. I know that as I ask you to speak to me, I am sending out a consciousness searchlight into your divine consciousness. And as I listen, you will be penetrating my human consciousness and coming ever closer to my increasingly receptive mind and heart. I commit myself and my life into your care. And so it is. Thank you, Bishop Lee. That was a beautiful prayer. Amen. Visualization. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Father Brian Michael Rice, and thank you for all the work you do to produce our shows and all the technology that you offer so generously. Thank you, Bishop Lee, for your wealth of knowledge and teaching. And I'd like just to uh, remind our listeners that we are beginning some classes and Skype sessions on uh, in September. And if you're interested in, in, in getting more information about that, um, just send an email to ofjcommunity at gmail.com. Uh, check our little slideshow on our webpage, uh, blogtalkradio.com forward, sla- forward slash the way of consciousness, and uh, click on any of the radio titles, and there'll be a listing of websites and uh, where you can get more information about who we are and what we're about. And our Skype classes that will begin in September are very affordable. <clears throat> They'll be via PayPal. It's a $5 donation to the ministry. No gas, no traveling, no hotels, just right at home in front of your computer. And so uh, uh, please um, let us know of your interest and preferred times and send that email to ofjcommunity. Uh, I'm sorry, ofjcommunity at gmail.com. And so we say good evening. We send love from our hearts each day that the peace will be stirred within each person so that we can project that peace out into the world. And we send you peace. Thank you for listening to The Way of Consciousness here on The Way of Consciousness Radio Network. Programming to inspire you to live from the divine indwelling within you. This was a production of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua. The Order of the Friends of Yeshua community was created to offer support to those who continually seek to embody the Christ message of love, forgiveness, compassion, oneness, and peace. OFJ is not interested in creating yet another worldly structure, which could, by its very nature, set itself apart and seeks not to focus on the personhood of Yeshua, Jesus, but to share in the divine realization that he came to share with us, which is that we are all created in the image and likeness of God, and that the kingdom of heaven is within. OFJ community, 
is an all-inclusive fellowship of spiritual seekers. We offer dialogue and studies for deep inner spiritual development and seminary courses for ordained ministry. If you feel called to be part of OFJ community or to receive our monthly newsletter, please send an email to OFJcommunity at gmail.com. That's OFJcommunity at gmail.com. We'll be happy to send you information about membership and the various programs we offer. In these times of great change, OFJ Community's mission is to offer spiritual support, friendship, and direction to all. You can find us on the World Wide Web at OFJcommunity.org OFJmediamonastery.info On YouTube at www.youtube.com slash user slash OFJTV To find us in the Apostolic Communion you may find us at apostoliccommunion.info on YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash user Apostolic Communion and we are also found on Blip TV our channel's name is Apostolic Communion Way of Consciousness TV and the address for that is blip.tv forward slash apostolic dash communion thank you again this is executive producer of the Way of Consciousness Radio Network Father Brian Michael Rice